the method is to ultimately increase price to provide a better service. But like what you do is you have to figure out what your customers want. Then you have to figure out what that costs, right? Do they want more amenities, online records? Do they want a shuttle? Do they want a nice waiting facility? Do they want coffee in the lobby? Do they, you know, whatever. And now, Boys Under the Hood with James Stevenson and Pat Kelly. Welcome to Boys Under the Hood. Pat Kelly joined by James Stevenson. Our podcast today is sponsored by Lotus Business Solutions that includes Lotus Media and Lotus Financial. What is going on, man? How are you, Pat? Uh, this time of year, so on my way here, and you see this on your way out, have you seen the houses that are competing with the, the Christmas lights? Oh, near the, you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's two houses that are right next to each other, and they each have a different radio frequency. You know, tune into this in front of our house, and it's like a competition with them every single year. And it gets bigger and better every year. A couple of years back, one of them had this thing where I'm looking in the window, and sure as shit, I'm like, is that Santa Claus inside the house? They had, and I didn't, it was like voodoo to me. And so they had like one of those projectors. Have you seen those things? No, like it's, uh, like Kevin McAllister when he was trying to pretend people were home? But yes, pretty much. By the window? Right, so I guess the projector must shine at the window, but you look in the house, and it looks like like there's Santa and Mrs. Claus getting ready for Christmas. Really? And I'm sitting there like a kid, like, what in the hell is going on here? And that's when my wife told me, no, those aren't really people. <laughs> because you can't, you can't get up on the house, like you can't get close enough to really see what's going on. Right. But it looks like they're, you know, preparing for the big Christmas celebration. And then there's a guy across the street. Look at me, look at me. Well, th so the guy across the street is like, He's got the sadder one, right? So there's two people right next to each other yeah. that have this big ornate thing that it goes with the music that you hear on the radio. And then there's the dude across the street who still has an impressive one, but not close to the other two. I feel like you must go all out for your Christmas lights. This year's the first year that I really did something. I got the, the laser lights. Instead of putting uh, lights on the tree, I got these lights that shine up at the tree that look amazing in the branches. They're like 60 bucks each. Um, I saw them over at um, Silver Bell Farms. They have an amazing light display over there. And I saw these laser lights that they had. So right away, I went on, on Amazon, got me like three of them. And I got them all pointed up for the tree. It looks nice. It does. I'll see it. I'll yeah. See it. No, you'll see it when you drive by at nighttime. Yeah. It looks really, really good. Do much here. Like candles in the windows, that type of stuff, like basic classic. I don't like the, a lot of people put nets. They put the, the light, the net right over the bushes. Yeah. It looks like you put, it looks like you mailed it in. I love that um, candle in the window. I like that look year-round, actually. It's very kind of colonial America, I yeah. guess. It reminds me of back in the day when the houses all had real candles in the window like that. Yeah. The good part of this, and a lot of people with the nets you mentioned, the good part is for the losers who didn't take down their Christmas lights from last year, they look like they're ahead of the game, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm always on the radio in like you know March and April saying, you know, no pressure, but just so you know, Christmas was three months ago. <laughs> you know? I mean, For those that leave the lights on. Right. And I see people yeah. now, they still have their Halloween decorations up. They got ghosts hanging from their trees. I'm like, what kind of Christmas is this? Yeah. We had like a 10 foot skeleton out like until maybe a week ago. I think we told Oh, did you, you finally? You, so you are that guy. Nicole wanted the, uh, the, the big skeleton, you know, this big. 10 foot skeleton or whatever. Right. And uh, I don't know. Though we just never, we forgot it was there and never took it down. <laughs> I mean, how could you miss the 10 foot skeleton? I, <laughs> I, I could see that happening. It's tough to see it in Florida. Well, I mean, the truth is you have, you know, more stuff to do at the end of the day than take down a skeleton after a day's work. I totally, yeah, yeah. I, to I totally get that part of it. It is down now. It, it is. is. Down I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of you. That's very nice. 
If this is your first time tuning into the Boys Under the Hood podcast, um, this is a weekly podcast where we uh, address the challenges of independent uh, auto shop owners for the most part. Um, a lot of what we talk about can be translated into really any business that you might be in. So uh, you don't necessarily need to be an auto repair shop for us to kind of help you through your path of your frustrations. But um, James Stevenson uh, began with Precision Auto Repair here in Western Mass, 18 years in business now. And um, through that, through that process has created uh, Lotus Business Solutions and is sharing the wealth of knowledge that he's accumulated over close to two decades with other shop owners. And we're killing it. Yeah. Um, for the shop owners who, who do listen and are willing to you know, take responsibility for how things are going at their shops. And that's a big part of it. And we've talked about that, right? You need to take responsibility if things are going bad. Mm-hmm. How does that process go? Like when, if you're a shop owner who's like desperate, you know, you're, you're, you're losing money, you can't keep employees. How do you sit down and kind of look in the mirror and say, I need to change this? I think that's the first thing that you do, you know, like, so aside from just being a business owner, you know, I've been a, um, a professional, like certified business development coach for, I mean, nearly 10 years at one of the, uh, the best consulting firms in the world uh, for independent auto repair shops. So I, I've been at this for a minute and I can tell you that like the clients that do the best or the shops that we purchase that end up doing the best, there is a sense of ownership of any type of an issue. Right. So what I mean by that is when something goes wrong in my company, one of the companies that we own, one of the companies we run or whatever, I say, how is this my problem? Not in like, well, how is this my problem? Right. How, how did I intersect with this problem and how can I make it easier for somebody to duplicate what I would do all the time? You know, and, and the sooner that you get in that mindset, like, all right, this isn't a problem. That person's not an idiot. Like they just didn't know. And how do I make it easier for them to know? How do I document it? How do I train differently? And then the last piece of it really is, is the accountability, you know? So the, the best process that I have seen is right. The, the, the person has to be in the right mindset to accept the feedback and to want to change. Right. Then they have to document exactly what goes on. Like I always have these notebooks. I, this is mine. You know, I think this one's, this one's only a couple weeks old. Look how many pages I got, you know, but I keep these things with me all the time. So you write it down at the end of the day, reflect what went right, what went wrong, and then add sections to your handbook or take away or refine, then from there train and then hold people accountable. That's the secret to business right there. But a lot of people don't know how to do that process. So that's where, that's where Lotus Business Solutions can help out. Absolutely. Right. And kind of, um, get a little focus on what should be done first, kind of a list of things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and the other thing is through the years, you know, we have um, been involved with a lot of other businesses other than just auto repair shops too, you know, so we have uh, restaurants that we market for. Um, We have, you know, a lot of trade-based stuff. So um, electrical, plumbing, construction, I own, you know, uh, own all, you know, and, um, and uh, you know, people think that it's just auto repair. Like that is what we enjoy the most. That's what I enjoy the most, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, trade-based stuff, it's all really kind of the same animal. We can spin them up the same way. And um, we have some really, really incredible people on our team and some really, really incredible processes. You know, we've been doing this for such a long time. We've really kind of got it down to a science for the most part. You know, within a couple months, the business is, is really different. And within a year, it's unrecognizable from what it was prior to that. So we've had a pretty good track record and we really, really enjoy it. I mean, 
you know, just changing people's lives, right? Not just the well, business. Yeah, and a good example of that is OCD. We talked to Nick uh, just a yeah. couple uh, podcasts ago, uh, car detailing business. Yeah, we bought that. And we basically have now plugged him into a formula where he's going to knock it out of the park. And I don't even think you know, he realizes it at this point. He doesn't realize that he has rocket fuel underneath him. No. It's... So within a, probably a couple weeks, I would say, by the time this podcast comes out, he'll be everywhere. You know, yep. and um, his website just went live yesterday, actually, you know, and so it's um, every business, you know, people call up regularly. Well, how do I do it? You know, what's the first step? Do we don't know yet. You know, we have a recipe for success, but the first thing that we have to do is go after like whatever the biggest pain points are, whatever the biggest low hanging fruit was. Right. And for him, it was marketing. His marketing was, was, um, you know, not on par with what we wanted it to be. So you changed the brand, rebrand the company, new logo, new site, shirts, you know, what does the facility look like? All that stuff. And then we apply our method to it. And we set some goals. We too. set, a, oh my gosh. You know, that's one here. of the things, right? Without setting goals, you're just kind of trudging along. Yeah. Right? You're just day to day doing the same thing. Yeah. How important is that to you? Well, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Right. You know, and, um, right. and so, you know, we, we set really strong goals and then we come up with a strong plan and we go out there and we execute, you know, we do it time and time again. And especially in our market here, like this is where we're, we're, you know, the most strong in the Northeast. I can't wait to see how OCD goes, man, because we were, we were talking about our strategy before this pod podcast yeah. started today yeah. and different things that we're going to be trying and doing. And, um, I just can't wait to do it. He's an incredible detail. No, he, like, and these he, guys are, are phenomenal he, at detail. Like it's just, nobody knows they're there. He's a hardworking dude. And that's yeah. important. That's an important part of it. Yeah. Before we get to our first question, I just want to ask you, are you comfortable in that really nice gliding <laughs> rocker? This is the, like, the if, nicest, you, if you haven't noticed, I, I, I in this I, thing, I, I was jealous. I am, I am sitting in like a folding chair, like a professional yeah. wrestler would break over the back of another. We're going to do that. And, and James is hanging out in this beautiful, just <laughs> regal like, are you good as this? It's is, very nice. Here's I the rocket. All right. My feet up. Uh, nice. So uh, very comfortable. <laughs> People, people sometimes are like, where the hell are you guys recording? I'm like, well, this is one of my garages, yep. you know? This is one of the garages. My car, my whole gym. I got a, a whole gym. I love it out here. So uh, one of the things that kind of drives the podcast is uh, questions and comments. Yeah. And so please comment or ask a question. We'd be happy to answer it on a future podcast. You want to get to one? Yeah, let's get to it. Looks like we have a, um, a shop owner who is, if I can get my phone right, who looks like he's in a little bit of trouble. This is uh, from uh, Benson uh, from York, Pennsylvania. He's an auto repair shop owner. He writes, I first want to thank you both for all the time you put into the show. I absolutely love it and think your points of view are a breath of fresh air. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Benson. That's nice, Benson. Yeah, hell yeah, brother. It's always nice to hear that you're doing well. That's why we do it. Yeah. Uh, Benson continues. He writes, uh, my shop is really struggling to maintain a healthy bank account. Most of our customer base are fleet repairs. While it's good money, we don't end up getting paid for a month or two on top of giving a loyalty discount. It's really hard. To add to that, we're so busy with the fleets that I really can't take in much more customer work that pays today. I really don't know how to handle this problem as we clearly don't have money to expand yet. What should I do? The short answer or the long one? The short one first. Stop fucking around with the fleets. <laughs> you know? Like, that's the first thing that I would, that's your low hanging fruit, right? Like, the, um, so you're giving them an interest free loan for 30 to 60 days, 
while you're sacrificing cash flow. So how do you invest that money back into your business? And then you're giving them a discount of what? Anywhere between five and probably 20%. He's probably giving them to make it substantial. Right. So he's not making the margins that he needs to make to stay profitable. He's laying out the cash to pay his technicians, pay his vendors, pay his overhead. And he's doing it at 0%. And then they go 30 to 60 days regularly. That's insane. That is insane. I guess that- you know, and now And now you can't take in customer work. And now you're struggling and now you've got the stress, right? So you're taking in all of this low dollar work to not get paid on it, to lose, right? So even if he's giving 10% by the end of, you know, uh, by the end of 60 days, he's down 30, 40%, right? Because, well, not maybe not 30%, right? But if he's down, if he's only giving 10%, he's losing 8% a month at another 16 right. all day, right? So even for easy math, just say it's 30%, even if it's 25%. But so, but so that's a challenge though. So he's got all this fleet business. Let's just say he's putting in 40 hours a week for the fleet business. He wants to have more customers that pay in this day in his shop. Yeah. He can't just tell the fleet people that starting today, I can't do this. How do you make that transition? You have to back down, right? You have to back down. So the first way that you'll back down is, um, you know, back, back that down, back down the fleet work. The first way is, hey, look, we have to get paid and here's our agreement. And so what you do is you give every um, everyone some type of like a, a vendor agreement. Your attorney can write this up. You can uh, you can make one online, make sure your attorney takes a look at it because I don't know what's legal in your, your, your state, you know? But anybody that does fleet work with us and they want to charge account, um, they have to sign an agreement with us. Hey, you're net seven, you're net 14, you're net 30, whatever. And then our pricing reflects that because we can... Um, the way that our businesses operate is we don't use credit. Um, and I know that uh, may sound silly to, to some other people, but like we just don't use credit. We, uh, we get a better deal on a lot of the parts and things that we're purchasing if we pay for them right now. Um, and then by paying for them right now, anything that like hasn't quite settled yet, we end up getting 5% off at the end of the month. And then I purchase all my parts with a credit card as I'm doing it weekly. So I'm getting points back. So if we have to travel, like so there's all kinds of different ways to do it. But ultimately for us, we pay with cash for everything. We're in that, you know, we're fortunate enough. And so by reinvesting the cash back into our materials and everything else, like we're getting a better price on the material today. We're, you know, we're, we're saving a little bit of money. We're saving more. I'm, I'm able to take in more jobs. I'm able to have my capital to go and reinvest back into the company by way of equipment, uniforms, whatever, any type of marketing things that we want to do. It's just, I want to have my money. That's my money. Right. You know, and, um, and so we just, um, like that, that is how you operate, right? Time and money. You need time and money. You know, you wouldn't just give away your, your time for free. And instead, this guy is giving it away and giving his money away, all of it at a discount. You know, I was going to say that, like, I feel like he didn't upfront kind of create value in his business that, okay, you can count on me to get this done. Yeah. Awesome and timely. Yeah. Um, We've never liked discounts. Not a fan of a discount. Um, because, well, for a couple reasons. Once you establish a discount, how do you back that off? How do you yeah. say to the customer, you know what? Your 20% is going away, but yeah. I still want you to do business with us. So you've yeah. got to set that precedent up front. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I'd rather provide more value. I mean, everything that we do, uh, one of the questions I got recently, somebody was like, well, you know, you tell people to increase prices. I, that's not what I'm advocating. I've never advocated for that. Sometimes the method is to ultimately increase price to provide a better service. But like what you do is you have to figure out what your customers want. 
then you have to figure out what that costs, right? Do they want more amenities, online records? Do they want a shuttle? Do they want a nice waiting facility? Do they want coffee in the lobby? Do they, you know, whatever, right? Do they, do they not care? Do they, are they okay with getting a phone call back or do they want to answer the phone and speak to a person? Like all of these things have a cost associated. Now, do they want the vehicle fixed properly today or do they not mind waiting a few days? Do they want the vehicle fixed today and properly or do they want it fixed today and they got to bring it back three times? You know, so if they want it done properly today, quickly, and they don't have to worry about it, it takes a certain level of technician that has a certain level of training and has all of the right tools and he's not using an adjustable wrench on everything and all of these things cost money. So you have to figure out what service you want to provide to your customers. What amenities can they live without? What amenities do they need? Then you figure out what that costs and then you charge that amount to the customer. And if somebody doesn't want to pay that, you know, it's unfortunate, but sometimes they just don't know that you're providing all these extra things. And so it's up to us as a business to tell them what we do and, and explain why it may be more than going to somebody that is working out of their backyard. But at the end of the day, beginning, middle, end of the day, you have to provide an incredibly high quality service to your customer. And then just, that's it. You have to figure out what it costs because otherwise you're not in business anymore. And there is no point in working so hard and doing all of these things to race to be cheaper than the next guy that doesn't care about his quality and doesn't care about his speed and doesn't have the amenities and things. Let those customers go there and you continuously recruit for the type of customer that you are providing a service for. Just because they call you, it doesn't mean they're your customer. I would say to Benson too, um, with all the fleet business and the lack of uh, kind of you know regular people coming in, you need to market your business, man. Um, you need to yeah. spread the word through media, through social media, through keyword searches, through landline media like radio, maybe some TV if it's in your budget. But you've got to establish your spot in your market as the best shop around and then tell people why. Always the why. Yeah. So the, the first thing that I would do if I were Benson is I would today, I would get um, agreements that I would send out to all of these fleet accounts. And I would say, hey, look, these are the terms. This is when you're going to pay us. And here is the repercussion if you don't. Here's the interest or here's the fee that you're going to have to pay. And this is how the fee escalates up. That, that, that's fair. It's very fair. Like, what business offers 0% till further notice? Do I don't know. No one would, you wouldn't be in business if you did that. Hey, I need, uh, I need, I need $500,000 to go purchase a home. Could I just get this money and I'll just pay you back at some point? Yeah, I'll pay, would laugh at you. I'll pay back when I can do it. You know, I don't, I don't want a mortgage. I'll like every two to three months, I'll just send you a check or something. Can we have that or something in the contract? Or something, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm waiting to get paid. Let right. me pay you. What would happen if you said, I'm, I'm waiting to get paid on a, a job, right? I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. No, man. Like my, my construction company, we get that regularly. We'll finish up a job and a, uh, you know, you finish up a big bathroom or a kitchen or something incredible, you know, one of these jobs and right. you're waiting on your final third to get paid. And these people, I don't know how many times this happens. They're like, oh, I'm waiting on a bonus. It'll just be another month. Buddy, I don't, you know. You don't care. Yeah, it's not. I got to reinvest the money back into my company. Right. And the, the other thing that happens is people will be like, well, you know, you got it, Jay. You know, what does it matter? It's my money. It doesn't matter if it's a dollar or it's $100,000. It's my money. You well, know, it's it, up to me. If I want to light it on fire tomorrow, I'll light it on fire. But I, you know, I, I'm pretty well, frugal. And know? also, like, let me make this point. Yo, yeah, James, you got it. There are reasons why James has it, right? Yeah. 
It's the way you execute your practices. Yeah. But I'm cheap the, too. Well, yeah, you like, have I'm, to... I'm, I'm insanely cheap. People don't realize that. Like I have no problem paying whatever for something, but I got to, I got to get the value for it, right? That's yes. how we build our businesses. And then, you know, I won't pay a dollar for something if I don't see value in it, but I'll pay $10,000 for it. If I'm like, you know what, we're going to use this all the time. It's great. It's perfect for us. You know, I don't know. But to get back to his question, you know, I'd give people vendor agreements. You're going to lose some right then and there, and that will free up some time for you to begin to get some vehicles in. Now that the ones that are staying are going to be paying you, you can begin to advertise a little bit more. Um, some of the faster ways to get customers back in the door are through CRM, customer retention marketing programs, right? Uh, advertise to your existing customer base, you know, and, and get them back in. If you have to offer some type of a discount, I prefer value add services over uh, discounted services. So I would rather give you something extra for free within the service than give you money off of the service just because I don't want you to get kind of addicted to that discount. Well, you get trained. Well, yeah, right. You train them, you know, and, and there are a lot of businesses that run that discount market and that is fine. That go do it. It's fine if it works for you. I just don't. I just I'd rather add more value to the service than than take money off of it. And so now you're going to start getting that steady flow of customers coming in. And then the next thing is obviously stiffen up your website. Make sure it's very easy to book with you. All of our websites that we do, you have, um, I always uh, use the analogy. I'm like, you want to make it easy so that somebody just falls out of bed and they land in their slippers, right? Right. You want them just to land right in their slippers. And so when somebody goes on your website, they are not interested in all of these words that you put on your website. They want reviews. They want a few photos. They need to know that you are a competent person and they need easy, easy, easy ways to schedule with you. Online 24-7 booking. If you don't have that, you're you're already in the dark because people don't want to talk to people now. It's crazy, you know, but they don't. And and I know I've been on on certain sites looking for something. I'm like, man, it would just be so much easier if I could just schedule online. Or I need to one-click call you. Right. Right. So all of our sites have very clear calls to action and it's constant. I've been on sites, you know, looking at uh, businesses to purchase or looking at competition in new areas. And I'll go to these sites. And it's impossible to book online. It's impossible to just click on a phone number. It's, you know, it, um, you know, but then you look at all of the work that they put into the site, writing down all of these words that they think are going to help them in SEO. But user engagement is one of the things that people forget. And people are not on your site for a long time. You know, put your reviews above the fold, put your contact stuff above the fold. It should all be buttons. It should be easy. Yep. Click on pictures, make it easy for them. Stop making it easy for you or what you think that people are looking for and just, you know, I hate to use the term dumb it down, but that's what it needs to be. It needs to be very, very basic. They're on your site for under 17 seconds in general, under 17 seconds. Yeah. You think they're reading all of that stuff that you have on your website? No, man. One of, the, one of the mistakes I've seen people make too is they think that because it looks good to them that it's effective. Yeah. And the truth is, you know, whatever business you're in, if you're not in marketing, and you don't deal with people regularly, and yeah. you don't know how to emotionally move people, you don't know what you're doing. And I, I don't mean that to be a bad thing. There, right. are, there are things that I don't know what I'm doing. It's why I bring my car to precision and I don't screw with yeah. it myself because it's not my point of expertise. Yeah. Um, I would say to Benson, you know, you could easily get a hold of us at lotuspe.us and we'd be happy yeah. to talk more about his business and, and try to you know, establish what his goals are. Where does he want to be six months from now? Where does he want to be a year from now? Yeah. One of the things um, that 
I learned when, when the process of putting together the OCD's marketing campaign here, I went on their website just to test it. I wanted to see how easy it was, and it was easy. Uh, it asks, you know, what vehicle you drive, what year it is, enter, and then it brought up a list of the services, and that was it. Yeah, that's your time. Very simple. But then, two hours later, I got a text on my phone that said, are you still interested in OCD services? Because you hadn't, you hadn't submitted it yet. Right. Yeah. But that follow-up on my phone, I thought was amazing. And I also got an email as well, but I got a text too. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that that was a very effective way to kind of keep them top of mind, even though I hadn't finished doing business on there yet. Yeah. That's a, um, you know, that's, uh, that's one of our newest sites. So originalcardetail.com. Uh, they're out of uh, Aguam, Mass. Yep. And so that's a bolt-on business. That's a bolt-on acquisition for Precision Auto. And so that'll just be a value add. We get asked, it's got to be, I mean, it's got to be a dozen times a week for a detailing shop, a dozen times a week. And um, people don't understand really what detailing is in a lot of cases. They don't know what a, a ceramic coating is, a paint correction, and all of this stuff. And, um, you know, we've learned a lot through this process. Uh, but they, um, the, the guys down there at, at OCD, they, they deliver an incredible, incredible, incredible product. And so we're really happy that, um, you know, they reached out and, uh, you know, that we were able to come up with a, a deal that works for everybody. But that company is going to do really, really well. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's part of it. I have no children of my own, so these are like uh, children to me, watching them grow up. Yeah. We'll get uh, them in a bigger building. We'll get them in a, a different location. We'll do the whole thing with them. But, um, you know, right now we're about maybe, I don't know, three weeks, a month in. We've already got their website up and their presence and everything like that. And the last thing that I would do, Benson, is the same thing that we're doing for our companies. You know, the, the once the website is tight, you know, and toughened up, uh, we create a bunch of landing pages and we go and we create paid ad campaigns. People are looking in search all the time. And in some places, they're looking in display for different businesses. Uh, car detailing is definitely one that will do well in display. It's so visual. Um, but, you know, those are the ads that are going to follow people around the Internet. Search when they're looking for you. Until your SEO takes hold, you have this search network that you're just paying for the ads to come in. And so, you know, Benson, to kind of bring it full steam or full whatever the hell I'm trying to say, you'll, um, is that what it is? Bring it full, full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. Full circle. So while you, you, know, you bring it full circle, set up some vendor agreements with these people, right? Tell them what interest you're going to have to charge and when they're going to pay you, make them sign it, put it on file. Some you lose, some you don't, right? you know, but in any event, if they're all paying the proper amount and they're all paying on time, then you know what your costs are going to be and you know what your margins are. Next thing, you know, you can start to market to some of your customers. You could start to be a little bit more regular, maybe with your social media posting. Uh, we have really, really good luck with like informative videos. Video content hits really, really hard right now. Uh, photos that are before, during, and after explain how you solved the customer's problem. How did it benefit the customer? This came in. This is what we found was wrong. This is why it went wrong. And this is how it benefits the customer. Schedule on our website. Link to the scheduling page. Do you have financing? Link to the financing. Link to call you. Right, super, super easy, and then set up um, an ad campaign that goes back to very specific landing pages that are easy to book and have your reviews from Google right on there. Don't be the guy that is just writing in what your reviews are and putting a picture of five stars on there. No, link to a reputable site, you know, and, and ask people for reviews. Ask customers for reviews. Tell them, hey, look, it really, you know, it helps us. 
That's an important part of it too. You can't be afraid of what the answer is when you ask someone how well the job was done. People are frightened. Right? They're terrified. I don't want people want to ask. I don't want to ask them. I just don't want to ask them. You, yeah. you need if you don't ask them, you, how do you grow from there? Yeah. One way or the other. Yeah. Either you're doing the right thing or hell, we got to tweak this. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's true. It's true. Benson, we uh we appreciate your question. Uh, you also can send a question to us, boys under the hood. Uh, and please do, because the, the, the fact is, is that we don't have a whole lot to talk about. <laughs> no, yeah. seriously. Yeah. No, we, we, we do. We've got a lot to talk about. We will waste, waste your time with it. You can uh, learn more about Lotus Business Solutions at lotuspe.us. Uh, Lotus Business Solutions also includes uh, Lotus Media, uh, which we were just talking about earlier today, helping to establish... Um, uh, your message and your clear brand within your marketplace. Uh, no one's more creative than we are in doing that. And lastly, Lotus Financial, no one wants to friggin' come home and do the books after a long days of work. If you run a shop and you own a shop, give the money part away to someone else and that'll be one less hassle that you have and it'll allow you to focus more on what the hell you're doing. And that is being a shop owner. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you gotta work, you gotta work on the business. Not necessarily in the business, but you gotta you gotta dedicate that time, and this frees up a lot of that fractional CFO program. Right? Yeah, you gotta hire an accountant, hire somebody that will take care of all that stuff for you. So, thank you for joining us for today's edition of Boys Under the Hood. We hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time. Boys Under the Hood with James Stevenson and Pat Kelly.